What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fit Body Secrets podcast, where my goal is to bring you guys inspiration, education, motivation, and a ton of action steps that you guys can be taking to make yourselves more successful on your fitness journey, whatever place you guys might be on that fitness fitness journey. In today's episode, I want to talk about for a lot of people what might be at the end of that fitness journey, and and that's maintenance and how do we actually prevent weight regain. So I actually made an Instagram post yesterday about this because I can't tell you how many people I know that have said, Hey, yeah, Cheryl, I did lose weight at one point, but I actually put the weight back on and I don't exactly know what happened. I just kind of like lost sight of what I was doing. And and slowly things started to just kind of trickle down into all the habits I had created slowly got erased and I was back to where I was square one again. And, and here I am and I'm looking for something that's going to be a little bit more sustainable. And it's why everything that I teach is not about necessarily any specific dietary protocol. It's all about finding a dietary protocol that works for each individual. So today's episode, I want to talk about how to prevent weight, weight regain, how to make sure that the fat loss plan that you're on is actually something that is going to be sustainable long-term. And because the ultimate goal really, honestly, guys, it isn't weight loss. The goal is never to lose weight. I mean, that's kind of a pretty blah goal. Like just watching a scale move down isn't the goal. The goal is honestly at the end of weight loss, liking how we look and how we feel about ourselves. And if that's only short lived, is it really worth all the work and effort? Probably not. And that's why finding a sustainable method is so important to me for all of my clients. So I'm just going to pull up my notes uh, just so I have them. Uh, up ahead of me. And honestly, it's, it's pretty, pretty short notes today because it's actually a pretty short topic because it's one that doesn't require me to spend a lot of time and effort going into a lot of science and things like that. It comes down to basic tactics because that's what most of you guys need is, Hey, Cheryl, I want to lose weight. I want to keep it off for good. What do I need to do? So first things first, let's talk about those people that might be out there. Maybe this is one of you guys listening to this podcast right now where you're like, you know what? I did lose weight, but I put it back on, or I was really successful with this plan and I put it back on. First of all, was the diet really effective? So when you guys are thinking back to thinking about your most successful dietary protocol that you ever tried, was it actually effective in changing you enough to actually keep those changes permanent? And so for some people, they might associate uh, a successful diet with, they tried it for 30 days and they lost like 10 pounds in 30 days. And they see that as a successor. And I'm going to be honest, that really isn't a successful dietary protocol because likely you lost a lot of water and a lot of other things and not actually body fat. So when you're looking back and you're kind of assessing the dietary protocols that you've tried, whether they were successful or not, think back to a couple of things that you're going to think about. Like one, how long were you able to be compliant on it? And two, how long did the results last for? And then three, how long were you able to continuously see progress on that dietary protocol? So oftentimes what you're going to find is a person can't can't be compliant long enough or the weight loss stalls very quickly and then they kind of can't be compliant long enough because now they're mad that it's not moving. Uh, Or three, it was just too short-lived. So making sure that we are actually assessing if that dietary protocol was actually effective. And this goes into number two, which is, like I mentioned, is losing 10 to 15 pounds in 30 days is likely not body fat. There is probably a small percentage of that that is actually body fat, but the majority of it is going to be water, maybe some changes in food, uh, food volume in your body. If you have been cutting out carbohydrates, you're going to be cutting out a considerable amount of food volume in your diet. And that's going to see some weight fluctuations that isn't necessarily a body composition change, which at the end of the day, you can say, hey, I lost 10 pounds. 
But if nobody else can see that, is it really you losing body fat? Likely not. You want people to like how you look better, right? And not that this is about what other people think, but it's about you feeling good in your skin. And that comes down to something that's going to take a little bit longer. And, and this goes into one of the main things that you guys should be thinking about when you guys are starting your weight loss journey or your fat loss journey is it does take time. So going into this, you need to know that like, all right, the things that I'm doing to create this change are going to be taking time to, it's going to take me time to get there. And that's why hopefully at the end of your, at the end of your journey towards fat loss or a better body composition, you've had so much time under your belt of developing these new habits and skills that it's going to be really, really hard for you to go backwards. So, and it often goes into why I, I don't think that slow is the right way, but I do think that quick is the wrong way. So I think that there is a, a steady pace that everybody should be working on, but it should be one that's manageable. And honestly, that's going to be more successful than something that's going to be super quick. Usually those super quick diets are really hard to uh, abide by long-term. So I'm going to go into my three things today that are going to hopefully help you guys figure out why your previous weight loss journeys were not successful and hopefully give you guys some things to think about as you guys are continuing on or trying to start something that might be a little bit more sustainable long-term. So number one thing is that the fat loss protocol, weight loss protocol, dietary protocol, or training program that you're trying to abide by is unrealistic for your current lifestyle changes um, or, the, or the current lifestyle that you live or that you want to live long-term. Now, little side tangent to this or a side note or something to think about is if you are looking to make changes to your body, you are likely going to have to make some changes to your habits because usually the reason why people gain weight isn't because they have great habits, right? So there are probably going to be some things that we have to look at in your current lifestyle that have to change. However, the changes that you're looking to make need to be sustainable long-term. And this is why I am not a big proponent for people cutting out complete food groups or committing to something that is way out of their normal routine. So for instance, somebody that does not like meal prepping, saying that for right now, they're gonna meal prep every Sunday and they're gonna spend four to six hours in the kitchen and going to the grocery store and all those things when they know that realistically, that is not something that they enjoy. Now, some people really like doing that stuff. Others don't. I don't like meal prepping a lot. I like to spend an hour to an hour and a half in the kitchen max a week. And the rest of my meals are pretty quick five minute things. And that's pretty much it. That's how I live. You know, so knowing off the bat that you need to make sure that you're not just looking at what other people are doing. Like that's what you're supposed to be doing. It has to be sustainable for you. Same thing with the food group thing. So somebody that likes actually eating things like rice and beans, telling me that they're going to cut out carbs doesn't make any sense. And if, if you like those foods long-term, then they should be part of the plan short-term. And it's funny because I think back to one of my recent clients that just started with me, she was, she had eaten pizza, uh, with her kids one week. And she's like, you know, I just don't know. Is this, is this bad? Should I be having pizza with my kids? And I said to her, I'm like, well, are you going to have pizza with your kids in six months from now when you're not trying to lose weight? And she said, yeah, probably. So then you should probably be having pizza with your kids right now. So making sure that you are actually still incorporating some of the things that you actually like is, is super important because we have to think about sustainability in maintenance mode. Another thing that people will often do is you'll see that people that this, this is usually at the beginning of the year, people that are like, man, I'm so gung ho. I'm going to lose this weight. They sign up for the gym and they're in the gym, like twice a day, seven days a week, they burn out so quickly. Okay. So think about long-term I like working out. So I'm probably always going to work out twice a day for the most of my life. I have a couple of days a week where I only work out once a day or today, for instance, is a rest day. I'm not working out at all, but I am going to still make a conscious effort to get plenty of movement in throughout my day. 
So knowing that whatever you're doing to, to lose the weight needs to be sustainable long-term. And that is why habit change gets a really like sexy, I don't call it sexy. I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but it just gets a lot of hype in the world of actually longevity and flexibility and, and making results that last because habit change is part of you guys changing your body. You have to be looking at the habits you had that are creating the weight gain and trying to tweak those to make you actually be a person that can actually maintain uh, weight loss in the future. So number one is making sure that the realistic or that the changes that you're making in your life are actually realistic for you to abide to long-term. They're not always going to be easy in the beginning, but they should get easier. For instance, when I first started meal prepping, it did used to take me a lot more time and I've cut that down a lot. So just knowing that you are going to have a little bit of short period of time where it's like obviously going to be a little bit more of a conscious effort, but those efforts should get a lot less or a lot less hard, a lot less, a lot less taxing. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So making sure that your changes are realistic. Number two is, and this is a big, big one is living on poverty calories. Okay. So when we are in a weight loss play up, when we are in a weight loss phase or a fat loss phase, we are typically living in a calorie deficit. Now, short-term that's okay. For some people, we can go a little bit longer depending on how much body fat you have. But over time, there are a couple of reasons why you're going to want to bring up those calories. Number one is because food is amazing. Food is good. And we want to be able to have enough calories in our budget to be able to go out and have some pizza with our kids sometimes. And if we're living in a very small amount of calories or we're living in this calorie deficit, it's not always fun. And for some people, weight loss can be a very stressful and annoying process where some people do have to drop their calories quite a bit because metabolism adaptations have happened over years and years and years of chronic dieting. And I know that the end goal is to bring those calories back up and get that person living in a calorie maintenance point that feels good. And something that I told one of my clients today was it's way more fun to spend money when you have more money in the bank, right? So it doesn't mean that you always have to spend all the money in the bank, but when you go out shopping and you have enough money, you're going to be a little bit more flexible, right? You're not so worried about every single penny you spend. And it's the same thing at the end of your fat loss phase. We want to be bringing those calories back up to allow you to have a bigger bank to pull from or a bigger budget to pull from. So you want to make sure at the end of your fat loss journey, if you have been successful with achieving the body that you enjoy, that you feel really good and you're confident in, that you've developed enough metabolic changes in the positive. So we're bringing calories up to allow you to actually maintain that long-term and feel happy in your life. Now, with that being said, some people do still have to be a little bit structured and, and systemized with their plan, because for some people, they don't have that self-regulation, you know, just mindset, personality traits. So for instance, for me, I will always be a tracker, even if I'm not a 100% dialed in tracker tracking for me is, is accountability, which is number three. And I'm going to go into that one right now. Accountability. How are you holding yourself accountable for me? I I'm pretty easily accountable in the gym because I don't like missing my gym sessions. I kind of have it routinely built into my day that first thing in the morning. And then after my work day, I hit my gym sessions. That's just my normal routine. So that's pretty easy for me to keep myself accountable with my workouts, with my nutrition. I do like tracking my food. And for the most part, I'll probably always eyeball, keep a good, a pretty accurate food journal because I like it. It gives me room to be flexible when I want to have something that isn't in my normal routine. I can simply look up the nutrition value of it and see where it fits into my day and feel good about that. And I don't feel at overall restricted by that. Now, for some of my clients, 
they don't really need to have that food tracking system because they don't have the personality like I do. I am an all in or all out person. And I know that if I'm off my tracking game, I will easily either undereat significantly or overeat significantly. And for me, this just gives me a little bit of something to hold myself accountable to. And going back to the money analogy, it's kind of like that person that is pretty routine about budgeting their checkbook. That's kind of how I am. I, I like to keep a good budget. I keep the like, I like to know where numbers are. And that allows me to be a little bit more accountable to myself. So number three is how are you holding yourself accountable post fat loss phase? So in that fat loss phase, most people are very accountable. People know what you're doing. You're very easily able to say, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm working towards this goal. You're hitting the gym. You have this goal, but when all that's gone and it's all over, what are you doing to keep yourself accountable? Because nobody knows what you're doing except for you. Nobody knows how you're thinking unless you're saying it. So how are you holding yourself accountable? What metrics are you using? And I'm going to give you guys a couple of tools today, which I think are often easily said, but a lot harder to apply because we, we I, I shouldn't say easier said and harder to apply. I think people just have a negative thought about it, right? So number one is the scale. Okay. So I don't want people thinking that I'm obsessed with the scale or that you should be obsessed with the scale. But I also don't want people avoiding it as well. Why are we avoiding the scale? Why should we fear the scale? It's almost as bad as you avoiding it, right? Like fearing the scale, avoiding the scales. It just doesn't make any sense. It's literally just a metric. So if you want to hold yourself accountable in maintenance is keeping your weight in check within five pounds is a pretty good, good thing. Now, if you're obsessed about it and it's up 0.2 ounces and then tomorrow it's down 0.8 ounces and that's driving you crazy. That's a whole different story, in which case this isn't a food-related issue. That might be more of a mindset-related issue that you might need to address, maybe looking at, into some therapy uh, or something like that that can kind of help you get more comfortable with those little bits of fluctuations. And I shouldn't say therapy in a bad way. Honestly, we should all have a therapist. Um, but, but yeah, like how are you holding yourself accountable is the weight can be a great way for you guys to just kind of keep yourself in a window. And I think that a five pound fluctuation is pretty normal and totally fine. So if your range is like 130 to 135 as a female or 140 to 145 as a female, if you're walking towards that top end, maybe you pull out my second accountability tool again. So maybe you've been off your tracking game. Maybe you pull out my fitness pal. You take a look at where your food has been falling and you're like, wow, I haven't realized how much fat I've been getting. So you start dialing in some of those foods that maybe have stuck back into your plan that don't necessarily fit for you in maintenance or that you're eating a little bit too much of in maintenance and you're dialing those portions back. So that's number two is, is keeping an accurate uh, food journal again for a little bit and obviously watching your weight. So the last thing that I want to kind of touch on today is how do you set yourself up for success long-term when you start a fat loss plan and, and what is the best way for you guys to lose weight? So the whole main point of this topic today and the whole main point of this episode was to honestly get you guys to think about not just the fat loss phase, but the period after the fat loss phase. And that is the maintenance place. So the best way to lose weight and keep it off is a way that you can see yourself living in your life, six, eight, 12 months down the road, or even one to two years down the road. And yes, when you are in that fat loss phase, there is going to be a little bit more emphasis and a little bit more effort put into things. Just like when you're trying to work in the gym towards achieving a goal, if you're going into the gym and you're like, I want to squat 300 pounds by the end of the year, you're probably going to be squatting with that number in mind and working off percentages and working off of intensity to try and get yourself to that number versus some that doesn't really care about how much they squat, but they squat because they like the way it makes them feel two very different thoughts. So one person's maintaining their fitness. The other person's trying to achieve a greater level of fitness. So 
whatever methods you're using to lose weight are the same methods you're going to be using to maintain your weight. The only real difference is when you're in maintenance, it doesn't really matter all that much how specific you are, how accountable you are. So two things I want to get you out, out of that saying right now, before I leave this episode is yes, during the fat loss phase, you should be putting some effort into honestly understanding how much food you're taking in and how much you're moving and how much exercise you're getting in and all of those things that all matters because you're working towards a specific goal. And the only thing that changes in maintenance is all that stress and pressure kind of goes away. And now you're able to just live your life and, and nothing really changes from the things you've changed to achieve that weight loss. The only thing that changes is your effort and it becomes a lot easier. So something to look forward to in maintenance mode for all of you guys. I hope this episode was helpful and I look forward to my next episode where I'm going to be breaking down some supplements you guys can be using and some supplements that maybe you guys don't need to be using in order to achieve the goals that you want for yourself. So until next time, see y'all later.